and welcome back to The Latecomers. I'm Amity. I'm Lydia. And this week, we're going to go to the room where it happened. The room where it happened? The room where it happened on the day oh, in question. Yes, I suppose so. <laughs> on the day in question, the final episode of the Hulu miniseries, 112263, uh, a date which apparently has not lived in infamy because you cannot remember it at all. I, I'm bad with numbers. Ah, that's fair. This calcula. Gotcha. But go ahead, make fun of me. That, I'm not making fun of you. I just, yeah. we've been doing this for four make weeks now, and you're caps. like, I don't know go what ahead. I'm typing. I also have that sometimes, so I'm not making fun of you. All right, before we get started, do you want to tell me how your week was? Uh, my week was very similar to last week. Oh. It was a COVID week. COVID week. So you go to work, you come back home, you go to work, you come back home, you come go to work, you come back home. It's basically what you do when there's really not a place to go. What if you're smart and you care about yourself and others? Yes, and that's exactly what I'm doing. Or so you care about others I'm more spending than my yourself. time catching up on all the bizarre DVDs that I have. I have the strangest collection of movies on Amazon Prime that I'm now watching one day. Ah, yes. I know, I'm getting weird things like, you just bought this on Amazon Prime. I'm right. like, I did. <laughs> um, what awesome. about you? I started working out this week. Oh, I worked okay. out three times in six days. I think that's pretty good. That is good. It wasn't like g- good, ba- good big workouts, but it's what my body could handle without dying. So Eventually we will have you doing the Hanshikata. I've also been trying to practice painting. It's a skill I want but don't you have. You painting. I did. I'm looking right lovely. at it. Yep. It's behind you. It's, it's a behind tree. Me. Even as I speak, it's creeping up on me. Mm, no. Things in my room do that to There's me There's no now. people in yep. it. Well, no. We're not going to have a night gallery situation. The landscape itself is creeping up on me. It's just one tree. I wish myself away into it. I'll one single be blue one tree. tree with silver leaves. And if it was blue, I couldn't tell. So it is that's blue. Fine. <laughs> so I found a YouTube channel. I'm going to start painting the things that she okay. paints, and I'm very excited about it. So. There's that. I need to stop buying painting supplies and actually start painting. Yeah, I, I noticed that I when I I found that the best arrangement for me was for my writing was to take a lot of notebooks and work on them, and so I kept buying notebooks, and I eventually got to use them. Right. And here at my feet, it is a trunk here just filled with empty and half full notebooks. Nice. So at I least never have to buy another one again. Are doing stuff with them. I have. Apparently, I may have adult ADHD uh-huh. um, because these I've been seeing these things that are like, do you do this? This might be adult ADHD. And it is a, I do it with crafting. I mm-hmm. want to make things. Like when I don't feel like I'm being productive in some way, it, I, it makes me sad. Like I, my mm-hmm. depression gets worse. So... I find cool things that I want to make and then I binge deep on how to make them and I watch lots of hours of how to do these things and then I buy all of the things to do that thing and then I do it one time and then I don't do it again. (laughs) Uh, It's not good and the upside is um, if you want to make something, I probably have the supplies to help you with that. (laughs) Uh, And that goes for literally everyone. So now I'm trying my hand at acrylic painting. I'm going to actually follow some, not class, but like 
I'm going to start at easier ones and and follow her through doing okay. these things. My other problem is I also have a lot of notebooks and stuff that are empty because I'm afraid of m- messing them up and I need to you know, get over that. Okay, like I have so, all these blank canvases and I'm like, I don't want to fuck them up. And I, I'm like, just put paint on that. I tend to collect um, novels, on, on, excuse me, not novels, instructional books on how to write novels. Mm. And how to write, period. And it's not that I have any problem writing. I do it every day. No, but they're However, good. the instructional books always tell you, if you're going to buy a journal, buy the plainest one you can. Yeah. Because people tend to think that elaborate journals with elaborate covers need elaborate contents. Yes. And they don't write anything. Yeah. And so I've always found that, for me, a, a plain black kind of moleskin yes. works best because then... Even that I, seems super fancy to me, and right. I don't want to muck it up with my dumb words. Everyone that I know, I have yeah. a friend who, uh, who you know also, who does a lot of writing, but she only writes in fancy colored pens because she feels it kind of amps up. Oh, I like that. I've got a bunch of gel pens right. because I don't know if I mentioned I have a craft problem. Right. Well, yeah, I wanted so. for Christmas getting her like a this spinning rack of of gel pens. Yeah. And the only problem was is that she would ask me to read what she'd written, and I couldn't. You can't see it on the page? No. It oh, was horrible. No. <laughs> it was like the most disappointing thing. Cause, I mean, there are some right. things that I'm sure you yes, would if just see as dark on light. They're but... very rarely... Yeah, I have a lot of tro- uh, problems at work because the um, the computer system they have, I'm told, is pale blue on top of darker blue. Slightly That's darker dumb. blue. And so I can't see when I have to extend yeah. borders and when I have to move things around. Hey, everybody, if you're a UI designer or a designer of any kind, especially on the internet, right. there are tools to help you check whether your stuff is uh, colorblind accessible. Yeah. And uh, I promise you right now, unless you have paid attention to it explicitly, it's not. Because when we changed even the settings on your phone... Uh-huh. Oh, yeah, it made a world of difference. Because there would be print on top of a, a background that I couldn't read. Right, like a dark and blue on a black or something. funny how you get used to it and not aware of how other people perceive it. Right. So I showed my same screensaver to some of my coworkers, and they were asking me questions like, well, did you drop it in the toilet? Did you right. leave it in your pants when you washed your... Right, and what, I what, can't what read your screen. Right. So I presume that the difficulty I have trying to see your screen mm-hmm. is the difficulty you have trying to see right. any other screen. Uh, so, yeah, it's it's wild to me. And I think it comes, uh, you know, you get frustrated with technology because you think me, you're right. doing a thing that is, but what's highlighted, you can't tell. Yeah. What's, what you're clicking uh, on, you can't tell. The screen it's at work, which is terrible. terrible because it is the screen I have to use the most on. Yeah. I'm in front of it eight hours a day dispatching, it's really hard for me to read, and occasionally I have to call, embarrassingly enough, my friends over and go, hey, does this look right to you? Because I can't see where I'm supposed to be clicking to Mm. lengthen or... I wonder if we should try and get those glasses. They're very expensive. That might be an option. See if we can get work to pay for them. Yeah, maybe. Uh, They're like $300, but... They change your vision. Right. Like they put a filter on much Just like your phone Just don't take does. one of those videos or, of, of people, you know, that they do. Here's grandpa for the first time. Oh, I like and, those. The same thing as when and, they turn on like... Um, like hearing aids and things. Yeah. And people are able to hear for the first time. Yeah. Cochlear implants. Cochlear implants. Yeah. That's what I was thinking of. 
yeah, I like those. I don't think you need to have those to have a full life. That's not what I'm saying. I uh. just, I think that those videos are cool. But I wonder if there is a thing that we can get, not for your face, but okay. to put in front of the, like they have that those privacy well. yes. filters to just put in front of the screen. So now I'm going to do research. Hey, everybody, you've listened to a long conversation about weird shit. Let's talk about 112263. Uh, we're in a chatty mood because we don't think it's going to take very it's long to get through this. It's not going to take very long. So we watched the finale. Uh, it's called The Day in Question. The Day in Question. Guess what happens? Um, somebody tries to shoot the president. That's right. Does he succeed? No, he does not. No, he does not. Who dies? And you know what happens? Everybody dies. Everything goes wrong. Sadie dies. Sadie dies. Jake returns to a shitty future. Yes. Everything's uh, destroyed. Okay, so we, as I, I mentioned before, I think when we first did this, there is a story by Ray Bradbury of Sound of Thunder yes. that covers this, exactly the reason why there sh that should be the only time travel to the past story that was ever written. Right. Because it covers exactly why you never time travel to the past. Yeah, we don't have to get into endgame logic and back to the right. future stuff. and We don't have to but do the, the whole time The reason time why you thing. never do that is because one simple thing completely destroys the future for everybody. And I would argue that the, the lack of a presidential assassination is not what one would refer to as a simple thing. That's a big No, no. But I mean, in the case of that story, it's beautifully you know, realized somebody steps something. on a butterfly, a butterfly. And that changes the world. And so if the consequences were so harsh for that thing, you would think, well, actually stopping the president from being killed would be so much worse. And the, we just recently saw an episode of Lovecraft Country that covered the same territory where within five minutes... Yeah. Two of the characters figured out why they can't prevent someone from being killed during a massacre. Yep. And it's heartbreaking. It's heartbreaking. There was it a lot of really, crying in the house really last well night. Down. <laughs> and it's heartbreaking. Yo, watch Lovecraft Country. We've talked about it before. <laughs> watch it. It's real, real good. But they figured it out in five minutes. <laughs> they, <laughs> I instead, think fundamentally Jake knew this, which might be why he's so bad at it. I, I, I you know what I mean? He doesn't have. That's the reason why he doesn't have the the fervor that Al had. Right. Right. Al was directly impacted. He was alive when when Kennedy was shot. He was in Vietnam. He clearly lost a lot of people. Right. Like there was a fire in his belly to get this done, which might be why fire took him the fuck out of it. <laughs> fire and cancer. So. Time is weird in this episode, though. Like, separate from the fact that he does go back and forth right. a couple of times. Spoiler alert. Why am I saying spoiler alert? We'll get to it. Um, we're literally well, recapping. I mean, yeah, it's yeah. a spoiler. They wake up, and they tell us it is 8.30, 8.30 in the morning. Explicitly, Jake said that he had parked fairly close. We talked about this right. last time. Parked fairly close to Dealey Plaza so that nothing could stop them from getting there in the morning. They, of course, fall asleep. They wake up at 8.30. The shot is fired at 12.30. They have four hours. Their car doesn't start, so they hotwire another car. And I'm like, how fucking far from the plaza are you? You guys should just hoof it. At a clip, you shouldn't be more than 15 minutes away. And yeah. yet they hotwire another car, drive around. A, a, a road that they thought was going to be open is closed, so they have to abandon their car in the street yeah. and then keep running. And they get to the book depository where he 
threatens a nice young man who's just trying to do his damn job right. uh, and and breaks in uh, uh, ostensibly and gets up to the sixth floor where Lee Harvey Oswald has taken up Perch at 12.29. So how did it take him four hours to get okay, across, so- to get not even across Dallas? Like, how big... I know everything's bigger in Texas, but Jesus Christ, I don't so, understand. Uh, let me ask you, have you ever seen a movie called Phantoms? I've seen the with cover of a movie. And, it's actually a really fun movie. Wait, with what? Ben Affleck. Phantoms? Yeah. With Ben Affleck? Yes. When did this come out? Uh, somewhere in the 80s. So he's a he's baby Ben. Oh, well, yes, he's young. Like Voyage of the Mimi Ben. No, no, just after that. He's a young... No, no, but, but pre... Maybe. I'm, I'm like, not sure. But sounds like pre Goodwill Hunting. Um, let's see. Which was 96, Jesus, no, I believe. Sorry. Be I don't think I've seen this. I think I've seen the cover of this movie, but I don't think I've seen the movie. So what the do you want to tell me about? The film. Okay. There's a scene where they're rushing uh, this scientist, Peter O'Toole, uh, to save Ben Affleck and Rose McGowan, because why not? And oh, it's a good, this is a good yeah, it's a good movie. Uh, it's a fun. Oh, based on uh, Dean right. Koontz. This is a different Phantoms than I was. Right, thinking. it's a okay. fun, creepy, creepy movie. I love the first half hour of it. It's very creepy. Liev Schreiber. But um, they're driving this scientist who's played by Peter O'Toole to yeah. this location. Mm-hmm. Um, and for and he at one point turns to the person who's giving him the exposition in the back of the car, uh, backseat of this car. Um, we've, you know, for from the government, you're the only specialist in this field, blah, blah, blah. And he just turns to the driver and says, why do you drive like a maniac? Is it necessary to do this? Right. And that's kind of, it was funny because it was almost poking fun at the fact that this is exposition, so we're going to make it exciting by delivering it in a really, really fast car. And that's kind of what it felt like in the beginning of this episode. We're running to stop it, but time is trying to stop us. There's an impossible number of car crashes and a bus gets hit and it turns a car turns over. All this ridiculous nonsense. Yes. Well, like um like Final Destination. Right. Like that it's, kind of thing. It's, it's just funny everything. It just happens them. for no particular reason. It's not as if people are chasing them, it's time is chasing them. Here's a let me uh, throw out an idea to you. Okay. The uh, a quick um end of season thing for this. Maybe we do Dean Kuhn's adaptation. <laughs> That would be fun too. There's not very many of them. Uh, it it won't take a year and a half. Five years or whatever. Like. <laughs> Sorry. Um, yeah. I. It, I just. I do not understand how the four hours. Uh, went by. I. I legitimately don't understand. So they went upstairs. He stops them. He keeps seeing ghosts. He sees Alan a place. He sees Frank Dunning. He sees Bill sitting on a park bench. Um, and they're very material because they keep tripping him. And, yeah, and they, and they see Johnny weird. Clayton. So right. it's the past being a real dick. Yeah, <laughs> And Oswald's up on the perch, and he keeps saying, like, he's repeat, reciting to himself, they will remember your name. And uh, they make it into the depository. They have to run up stairs, six flights of stairs. Uh, there's a bit of graffiti on the wall that reads Red Rum. Oh, that's funny. And uh, there, you see Zapruder, you see, like, you see... Right, you see the people the, who are familiar characters. The babushka lady, right. like, you see these sort of... They're uh, familiar to anyone. They're like Easter eggs for JFK's right. assassination, which is upsetting. Uh, they open the 
door as Oswald takes his first shot, which we know miss misses. Mm-hmm. Oswald takes a shot and he doesn't hit the second two do. And then Jake does the thing that was going to piss you off. He tries to fucking talk him down. He doesn't fire his weapon right. directly at him. He's got a gun He's in got a gun. Just shoot him. Like, why? Mm. Yeah. I yeah. know. And it makes me sound like a very violent person. But it just seems, if you're going to do it, do the thing. So many people are dead at this point. Right. So Oswald then shoots Sadie. Oh. So good fucking job, Jake. And then Jake kills Oswald. And then the cops, the police come. But the president and his wife leave unscathed. Or right. Are able to get out unscathed. So Jake is arrested because he fought Oswald. He fought the gun out of Oswald's hand or tried to, which don't put your fucking fingerprints on the weapon that was trying to take out the president. Like, Mm -hmm. what are you doing? Um, And I I understand not knowing that in 1963, but he has no excuse. He's not from 1963. Um, And then the Dallas police... uh, and Gil Bellows of the FBI basically say, we don't care what the evidence says. You're, we're going to fucking pin this on you. Right. We're not going to let the truth get in the way of this, of, of, of this thing. But Jake is like, you know, I know some shit. You don't want to do that. This, right. that, and the he other. He's trying to bring back kinds his... of things that were being hidden by the FBI. Right. The secret tapes on people, Marilyn Monroe, the involvement yes. with, you know, sharing a, a mistress with a mob boss. Yes. All that business. Yes. Uh, and then Jack Kennedy calls. And so we hear a little bit of a Kennedy impersonator, followed by a little bit of a Jackie impersonator saying thank you. And she says, you know, I thought something really bad was going to happen today. Thank you for making nothing bad happen today. And finally, they fucking let him go. And he gets on a bus and heads back to Lisbon, Maine, because he's going to go back through the wormhole. And he sees Sadie at the bus stop- station. It's very sad. It's the first, like, the first time he saw her when she's waiting from here to eternity. And he... Oh, wait. What? He sees Sadie at the bus station? Yeah. Oh, okay, this is before he goes back and actually... Before he goes that. back. Right. And then he takes the bus back um, and goes through the the hole the rift, whatever you want to call it. And uh, it's a fucking wasteland. It's not good. It's very gray. There's a person pushing a cart, uh, and then he's walking, trying to find out anything that happens. The diner's not there. It's just right. rubble. It's just the, like There's the just rubble and of the, of the nonsense surrounding. Yeah. And uh, roving bands of, you know, Stephen King bullies, I guess. <laughs> and uh, he helps a man fight off a bunch of hooligans? I think that's the best word for it. And that man is Harry Dunning. And I like that actor, so I'm glad to see him again. Mm-hmm. Uh, unaltered by whatever damage his right. father had done in the <laughs> other. Uh, yeah. um, but why would he be... Here's the thing. This is in Lisbon, Maine. This man was born in Holden, Kentucky. Right. And then underwent basically a family annihilator and significant brain damage and ended up via 
foster care or family relations or something in Lisbon, Maine as an adult. As an Which adult. made no sense he would make that migration. Precisely. Almost as if he's destined to live in Lisbon, Maine. Right. Which, what? Um, so he goes, um, uh, Jake goes with him to his underground bunker and he hears about what has happened. And what has happened was Kennedy was a two-term president followed by George Wallace. Hey, everyone. St- Stephen King pr- predicted Donald Trump post-Obama with George Wallace post-JFK. It is a very sim- similar swing back in the other direction. Right. If you don't know who George Wallace is, look him up. He was... Oh, he's a racist monster. Yes. <laughs> I mean, I could say more, but, days, but that's fine. He's a segregationist. Mm-hmm. So, uh, there, there's a global war, bombings everywhere, and Kennedy set up refugee camps, and bad shit happened in those camps, because bad shit happens in refugee, refugee camps. camps. Even though they should be places of safety and light, they are typically deeply not that. Um, and so Jake is like, mm, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta fix <laughs> fix this. I don't, I don't have a job or a life here, and apparently I fucked up everything for the worse. So, pew pew, back through, and everything's the same. Except the car that goes by, that has always gone by, it's gone by every time, has Sadie in the back of it. Which I kind of saw coming because she said he was, she was there at this time and they they had just missed each other. So I was like, well, I mean, this is what you do. So he chases her down, covered in mud and rain, because that's the other thing is it was pouring rain. And so he had fallen through this rift into the dirt soaked from the rain and then just picked up whatever muck was on the ground. So he's uh, and there's a blood mess. streaking on his face. Yeah. Uh, and he he sees the yellow card man who tries to warn him again because mm-hmm. he's like, you can't you can't the fix it. Man you can't just, fix it. I, I, you would think that if a guy learned that you can't fix it, he would go back to wherever he came from instead of just hunting the past and being a nuisance to people. He's got to try and save his daughter. He's deeply broken. He thinks he's going to run after Sadie and then just like sort of woo her away and, mm-hmm. and they will just live well, together. I'm not going to worry his, about Kennedy. Right. I'm just going to live my life with Sadie. And he's like, can't do it, can't do it. You're going to fuck everything up. Uh, and Jake finally is like, okay, yeah, because... If I stay here, she might die, because when I was here last time, she totally died. So he goes back through the rabbit hole. He's back in the 2016. He left three years ago. And he's back at work doing more bad teaching. You're right. Maybe he is just a bad teacher. Now, granted, he's had a hell of a three years crammed into a weekend or whatever. (laughs) Um, But yeah, he's not. He's not a particularly... He's a good night teacher, night school teacher, I think. I don't think he's, he's particularly good with the kids. young people, I think. Maybe. Um, and Harry comes up and says that he didn't get the promotion, but thanks him for putting in a good word. And Jake loses his damn mind and starts bawling and apologizing that he didn't help him, that he didn't right. help him. And I'm like, see, but here's the thing, dude. Today after school, you could go back and help him. Right. It's a week in the past, and you know what you have to do. Exactly. So, 
And for me, that feels worth it. Do you know what I mean? Now, granted, apparently I learned nothing. But I'm like, well, there's this rift in time for a reason. So I think, and and that reason can't be cheap meat. (laughs) Maybe it is. Maybe that's all time travel is for. It's about the hamburgers. Meat. How deeply upsetting. And Harry consoles him and says, you're a good man. And then Jake uh, Googles Sadie, who is this year's Texas Woman of the Year. She's like 80 something and she's being honored at here's the thing she's being honored in the jody high school gymnasium as Mm. texas's woman of the year hey texas step up your celebrations a little bit what the fuck uh and he goes to the the honorarium Mm -hmm. and he sees her and she's a beautiful old lady they did not age up Sarah Gadden. They found a similar looking they actress. They found an actress who was which, the appropriate right. age, which, thank you for giving an older actress a job. Yes, makeup artists are important too, but please, oh, that would have been a real bummer. Uh, and he asks her to dance after her little speech, and she says she doesn't know how, but he forces her anyways. <laughs> it's not like that. And then she's like, I swear I know you from somewhere. And he says, you knew me in another life. And then Which, that yes, is the end. And giving hokey lines to old ladies. That's <laughs> just what James Franco does. That's what James Franco do. Oh, and that's God. the end of the thing. He wasted three years of his life. Yay! But he doesn't. <laughs> I mean, nobody knows that except. Well, I mean, he does. Um, I, uh, I would also, if I were him, go to get a cancer screening because yes. I feel like time wants to give you time cancer. Time causes cancer. It might. So what do you feel about it, having seen all that? Because I know that the last couple of days' episodes were a drag. Yeah. I... Um, all right. Oh, well, okay. how do I feel? Let me think. I think the introduction of Bill was good... But then they lost the thread of what to do with him, and the way that they handled him was ultimately bad. Right. I think the actress who plays Sadie is a revelation. She is beautiful. And T.R. Knight was fantastic. Yes. Chris Cooper was fantastic. I think if this movie had been cast with not literally anyone else, but another person... Mm-hmm. It would have been better. James Franco's a tough sell, man, and I... I think that they they weren't above changing elements of the story. No, and I think, I do think in the story, Mm -hmm. he does reset a couple of times. And in in an eight-hour thing, they could have done that. I think that is my biggest problem, the length of it. Yeah. Because... I don't think they filled... I think they could have filled the time... Correctly. Right. Mm-hmm. I don't think they did no. fill the time correctly. I think there were some transcendent scenes. Right. I think you could probably supercut this into a maybe a two part? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Maybe three and a half hours. Right. Oh, I wouldn't go that far, but yes, a two part. Like a two part two two part hour and a half. Right. Or two you know what I mean? Something mm-hmm. like that. Uh I think it could be very good. Or I think that he could have they could have and had him reset a couple of times. Yeah, I because I feels, really think in the book they did that, but I now I'm it not. It feels very inflated 
for no particular reason. Yeah. And we did add characters that we then didn't know what to do with. Um, and I don't know if they felt that they're... I, I, see, I've never read the book, so I can only judge the material right. from what I've seen. And I felt like there oh, were also, some... Oh, also, I do want to say, this aired on my birthday. This oh. my, my 36th birthday, it aired on April 4th, 2016. Yeah. So I feel like the there was a lot of time spent reintroducing people to historical characters. Yeah. And maybe they felt that was necessary. Maybe there's too much distance passed. There's a lot of people who are readers or watchers who don't remember Lee Harvey Oswald or his mother or these characters who were just sort of thrust into the public consciousness. And they still were when I was a kid. People, of course, were talking about this. Um, there's so many worse things to talk about now. I think that maybe it's faded away in a way. But I just felt like it was too long. We spent too much time with characters who, in the end, didn't really matter. Uh-huh. Um, it was difficult following a lead character who's this wishy-washy and who doesn't seem to take responsibility for anything that he does and seems to make everything worse every time he tries to make an inroad. The only relationship that really jumps out is his relationship with Sadie. And as I said, that actress is amazing. Yes. And she holds the screen every time that she's on it. Yes. I, yeah, I, I want to see yeah. her in more things. I think she is lovely to look at and very compelling. Well, there's some people who just hold the camera yeah. when they're on screen. And it's, I didn't even know James Franco was in the movie when she was on it. And uh, there's a lot of supplementary performances. Deke. Deke was great. Yeah. Miss Mimi, Mimi was, great. was great. So there was so much more. That like I said, T.R. Knight was great. Right. That character was abhorrent, but he was fantastic in it. Sam. Yeah. Who was just, he, with that face as a roadmap. Yeah. And there was so much to tell his story from just looking at his face. So I felt like it was, there was a lot of sort of wasted opportunity. I don't know that it's entirely successful. Beginning yeah. to end. Because when I saw the, the, the Shining, excuse me, not the Shining, uh, when I saw The Stand, Right? Yeah. There were so many hours of it, and I was like, why did this character disappear, and this character suddenly appears, or wait, here's a major character that yeah. comes out of nowhere. Yeah. yeah. There wasn't a good way to truncate that. <laughs> but, and we're going to find out if they manage it the second time around. Yes. But I still felt at the end of it that overall it worked, even though there were silly things to it. Yeah. This one, I don't feel that same way, that overall in the end I can say, oh, this was successful. Yeah. Let me... Let me tell you uh-huh. a little bit of the differences between the book. Sure. So he actually only goes back twice. Okay. First of all, it takes you back further. It takes you to September 9th, 1958 at 11.58 a.m. And only two minutes elapsed. It takes place in two, 2011. There's a two-year time difference between when Harry tells that story and when the sort of thing mm-hmm. happens. A lot of the same things happen. As an experiment, Jake travels back to 1958 to Derry, Maine. To save Harry's family. Uh-huh. Uh, so it's the same type of time period, although he has to, what is it, September 9th? So he has to wait a month and a half rather than a week, I okay. think is what it is in the, in the or mm-hmm. 10 days in the film. Mm-hmm. He does that. He returns and he finds out that Harry is killed in Vietnam. Right. That's not I- ideal. He also... There are a lot of obstacles, and he manages to save everyone but one of Harry's siblings. So Mm. there's still carnage that night, right? And then Jake is trying to figure out what he's going to do, and Al commits suicide. He doesn't die of natural causes. He commits suicide. 
And that forces Jake to act immediately. And this, it seemed like he was acting out of grief. In, right. in the book, he knows that they're going to seal up the diner and he won't have access anymore. So he just dives in with ba- ba- basically no preparation. And he discovers that the yellow card man has cut his own throat and the card is now black. Now, if that's the case in the book, mm-hmm. I don't know why that character... I mean, I like that character and I like the actor. Right. But I don't know why he's in the story. Yeah, that, doesn't uh, se- that seems to be a much more cohesive story that King wrote. Yeah, and then he, you know, goes all the way up until the thing. He actually becomes a national hero, whereas in the story, nobody talks about who, you know, saved the president. But, and Sadie does die, mortally wounds, uh, wounded, she's mortally wounded. And then there's a new person, not a yellow card man, but a green card man. His name is Zach Lang. And he, Gives him some time theory accoutrement. And then there's a lot of fallout. So Kennedy had refused to commit action in Vietnam, uh-huh. commit to action in Vietnam, outside of stationing U.S. soldiers in Saigon. But his successor, George Wallace, reversed the course and used nuclear weapons in Hanoi. I can see that. Uh, to reverse the fall of Saigon. And then frequent use of nuclear weapons and nuclear exchange between India and Pakistan. Uh, and then there's a total financial collapse of the UK or the, the Soviet Union. Like it's a big old mess. Yeah. And so Jake's like, okay, let me, I got to bounce. Uh, and then uh, he finds the green card man again. And he's like, you got to just go back. And then in short, and then just close this portal. And Jake goes and tries to, think about whether he wants to return to Sadie, uh, then he ultimately returns to his own time. Uh, Sadie, this remarkably beautiful woman, stays single the entire time. That's world. actually, I was literally just about to say that. So, uh-huh. Sadie survived the attack by her ex-husband, which she had only survived before by his rescuing her, this uh-huh. time with the assistance of Deacon and Ellen Dockery, another mutual friend, Docker T., the alternate ending. Stephen King published an alternate ending to his official website where Jake finds a November 2011 news article where Sadie has turned 80. She'd married a man named Trevor Anderson with whom she has five children, 11 grandchildren, and six great-grandchildren. The ending was changed to the published version at the suggestion of Joe, his son, Joe Hill. He's like, why would this, yeah, why would this woman just be sad forever mm-hmm. like or not sad you can be alone and not sad but like in the 60s in texas well, it just seemed like she she took this remarkably beautiful woman and bestowed on her eternal spinsterhood and that seems to be such a stereotype the spinster who you know works at the library but yeah mm-hmm. i i don't know this um apparently in the book also mm-hmm. ms mimi uh-huh. is the librarian which Sadie was the librarian. Oh, she replaces Miss Mimi. Deke's girlfriend and briefly becomes his second wife until her death from cancer. So in the book, they get to get married. Oh, okay. Which I would have liked. But yeah, it's so, I mean, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I don't think it could have been done in a movie. But And I'm thinking of many actors who I would have preferred to take this role. Uh, There's just not a lot of sympathy, I think. Um, with him, his performance. He, I don't he know. 
brings about him a Franco-ness, which is very, it's a smugness. And um, even though he does serious shit, there's something that's lack, lacking in seriousness about right. him. I don't I know. know. I just, I... Mm. He's not a performer that clicks with me. Yeah, me neither. See, I liked it. I liked the the ending. It felt like a music video, The Revivalists. Mm-hmm. It it did have this sort of. I think that was the best part of it is the idea of him coming back and finding her at eighty years old. Yeah, and still looking at her the way that he did when she was yeah. young. That was actually really sweet. Yeah, um, and it reminded me of the end of uh, you know the Avengers movies. Yeah, where it's like, oh, he finally gets his shot. These two yeah. people just are going to miss their opportunity forever. Yeah. But um, other than that, it's the the most of the action happens in the beginning, and then there's a middle lull of just everything going wrong. Yeah. So I don't know. And I really feel mm-hmm. like they had an opportunity to make Lee Harvey Oswald a more interesting character. Right. And I think they were afraid to do that because that nobody really knows his motivations. Right. Which is wild because mm. they took a stance on George Shields. Yeah. They took a stance on the FBI. Like, they took stances on things. Right. And I don't know if they were afraid of getting sued by the Oswald, you know. I don't know if there's any left. I, I don't, I mean, honestly, I don't know. I don't know. I, I'm not. But I mean, I think the thing is that. But they, yeah. that character, for being the crux on which everything turns. Right. There's no there there. I, I feel like there was. I liked the characterization in that he was kind of a squirt who always wanted to get attention. I mentioned that before. And no one's paying attention to him. Yeah. And that seems like an awfully petty motivation for for what he winds up doing. But at the same time, we're not really given anything else. Yeah. And there's no, there's no, um, suggestion at the end about why he's doing what he's doing. Uh, you know, when we talk about that, I think we mentioned in our other podcast, nobody knows why Judas Iscariot turns on Jesus. Right. We the have dollar, no dollar idea. bills, yo. Right. But, but then he immediately hangs himself, right? right? Like, he doesn't he spend that money. It. So it's like every retelling of this story, and there's been so many, yeah. is trying to find out but why But, like, give him this. a motivation. Right. Even if it's not his actual motivation, well, I we'll would presume right. that we know that this is a work of fiction. Right. It's about time travel, y'all. Yeah. So give him... Any motivation. There has to be some reason other than just sort of, I don't know. Because they even... Even if the motivation was his wounded pride, it still, there wasn't enough. I was hoping for an instance or an incident that would bring it to the forefront. That he was so sickened by Walker. Right. Like, any, I just think, like, political assassination on its face by itself... Mm -hmm doesn't feel like strong enough motivation, but that is basically what they have. I'm going to kill somebody important. Mm-hmm. But wouldn't you aim your ire at somebody oh. who, if you have political right. philosophies, that was opposed to those? Like, I get why he shot Walker, given what mm-hmm. he spoke about right. and what he was reading. It, the shooting of JFK doesn't make any sense, and they say it in the movie right. or in the show. They're like, "Why would the same man who shot George Walker right. shoot JFK?" Which, yeah, just yeah. shooting somebody famous doesn't feel like enough of a motiva- well, it's motivation. Not like a, what you can call an Empire Records motivation. I'll be back, and you'll be sorry. That's I'll be back basically and you'll be all there was to it. 
So, anyhow, Your overall. Name's not war. Overall. <laughs> I um, love that movie deeply. <laughs> it's, it's a fun movie. Overall, though, I just like, yeah, there was too many missed opportunities for me. I enjoyed parts of it. Yeah. I'm kind of glad I saw it because there was, there was some really it. great performances in it. But I like to not ha- be a completist, and I will yeah. be a Stephen King uh, on film completist by the end of this. And that's, that's you know, enough for me. But yeah, eight hours. It's mm. eight hours. It's a lot. Yeah, it was a big commitment for maybe not as much of a reward as I would like. And um, hopefully these long ones are okay with people because we are getting into the age of... This is really the... I think the stand is the first one, but we're getting into what we have left are largely miniseries events. Because I guess they finally figured out that you can't put a whole Stephen King book in a movie. (laughs) You need an epic event on television. So, you want to talk about what's coming up? Yeah, let's talk about what's coming up. So now that we're done, it's 11.22.63. The next thing we're going to watch is a movie. And that movie is The Dark Tower. Which I'm pretty sure has very little to do with The Dark Tower books. I haven't But has McConaughey and Idris Elba in it. Well, that's a lot of star power. So I'm wicked on board. Okay. Uh, And then we're going to watch It. It. Chapter one. What It. The new it, It. It. It's like an oatmeal cookie around no, some that's vanilla an ice it's cream. It. And covered in chocolate. And what I would offer is the real San Francisco treat. Right. Uh, followed by Gerald's Game, which we have both seen. Mm-hmm. Uh, a pretty terrific one basically, with. Uh, is it Carla Gugino? Yes. Yes. And then 1922. So we're going to have two Netflix originals back to back. Followed by. Mr. Mercedes Season 1, Castle Rock Season 1, and Mr. Mercedes Season 2. So, that'll get us till the, through the end of the year, because yeah, be more those season. are each 10 episodes long, uh-huh. so we're going to do them over five-week periods, so that's over a month per. So, that's where we're at, and then, and I'm very excited about the Mr. Mercedes uh, miniseries, I have to buy it. Uh, it was it aired on like the AT and T cable. There are so many sources. Uh, yeah, streaming, streaming right service now. which you can't have yeah. unless you have AT and T cable or whatever. And I was like, no. So, but it is available, I think, on DVD. Uh, it might also be available on Amazon Prime. So uh, it we'll, we'll buy it one way or the other, okay. and I'm going to buy all three seasons. So, Mister Mercedes. They call them season one, season two, and season three, but they're based on the Bill Hodges trilogy, and the first book is Mr. Mercedes. All right. I'm completely unfamiliar with the source material, so I'm prepared to be surprised, I think. They're super fun, and I'm very excited about watching these. And it stars, oh, the Gruffalist. What is his name? Gleason. Benny oh, okay. Gleason. He's a, he's a Gruffal. Mad-Eye. Yes, Mad-Eye. <laughs> Father of Donal who should be in a Stephen King thing, but I don't think has been. Uh, so that is what is coming up. Uh, we also, we watched the trailer for the, the new trailer that just dropped for The Stand. Right. It's coming uh, in December on CBS All Access, and I 
I'm very excited about it. Are you very it, excited it about it? It looks really interesting, isn't it? I, I, there are some parts of it that look almost the same, as if they're part of the same production. Mm-hmm. Um, I suppose shooting the locations they do, there's no way around that. But some of the cast choices are interesting. The, this and was filmed in Vancouver. Really? Mm-hmm. I wonder. Very largely filmed in Vancouver, because uh, there were a lot of press releases in Va- in and around Vancouver, like... The street is full of dead bodies. Mm-hmm. It's fine. <laughs> Don't this, worry about it. Yeah, no, was this done shot? No, of course it couldn't have been shot during COVID. It must have been edited towards it. But yeah, mm-hmm. it seems funny. They, yes, they were shooting yeah. at the end of last year, beginning of this year. Okay. Yeah. So, and I actually didn't think that they were done shooting, so I was surprised that it was still coming out mm, here yeah. in December. So that's going to be the on cast is really interesting too. Cast we, is really we saw interesting. another YouTube video that we can probably find a way of posting. Yes, comparing the current right. and formers. So that's going to be interesting. I like these people. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I like that the Skarsgård family is just all in on Stephen King. Yeah. So, uh, and we'll see the 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 younger coming up in two different movies or in two movies. In two movies, and then he's in two movies, and then also Castle Rock. Right. So, uh, all right. So, do you have anything you would like to recommend? You know, it's too short notice. No, I haven't been able to. I've been. Uh, You've I been watching stuff. What have last you week? I recommended um, *The Haunting of Blind Manor*. You did, and so I'm still watching that. It's more than one episode. And so, how's it going? Because I am not well. watching um, it. I think that there was. I posted this on on Ceiling Night, the the web, the the uh, Facebook page. That's it's um, a horror website. What what or horror, horror Facebook page? And if you're not, I'm going to put a link to it in the show mm-hmm. notes. So if you're not on there, you should be on there. There's creepy, creepy things on there. Well, I mentioned that there was an article that was relating to a reviewer who. Did not like it, but right off the bat says that they're not frightened by it because it's about ghosts and ghosts don't exist, therefore, don't exist. Therefore, it's not frightening to them. Well, to be fair, that's uh, your same argument against corporeal fear. No, no, no. My argument against serial killers and things like that is that, you, you know, it's, it's not something I personally find frightening. Um, but to say that it's not the same as saying they don't exist, therefore it's silly to make movies about them. Because I enjoy movies. I enjoy a well-made movie. I enjoyed Hannibal, the television show, for instance. Oh, yeah. Um, I've been thinking of rewatching it. Yeah, which is, is rewatching it and just it's going to be a task because some of that is incredibly gruesome. I don't see how it got on television. But I really like those characters. I really like the way he explored those characters. So it's not like I'm averse to them. It's just that sometimes, you know, the, the guy standing above the tent with uh, the machete... Hunting campers, that gets old really quickly. And any one of them can just sort of like conk him over the head with a rock and the story is done. But the the reason why I included this on the Facebook page was having a person who doesn't like this kind of horror reviewing it and giving it a really bad review based on their own personal ideas yeah, about what's real and what's not real. Yeah, that is a... You're mm. bad at your job. Right. If that is and the path that you take, it's, it's not good. Of contributing a short story to a workshop in a class I was in and the teacher just being really irritated that I submitted a ghost story because his idea was um, his samples of work were basically we're going to read Raymond Carver and understand why everyone should write like him. Um, well, that would be very boring. Well, I love Raymond Carver and I like people who write like him, but 
That's not all I wanted. It's not, and so yeah, and and I got into the just like a very polite argument with the teacher at the time, but it reminded me of that. And so I've been trying to get through the rest of it. I understand exactly why this person, why some people are put off because it's not horror with a capital H. There's a lot of personal horror in it and situations that people are going into and there mm. are scares involving the two ghosts that, of course, are going to be part of any adaptation of Turn of the Screw. And so far, it's actually dramatically working really well. Oh, good. Dramatically, yeah. it is working really well. The ghost parts are sort of... Excuse me. The ghost parts are sort of scant in the beginning. But as the story goes on, you realize this is about these children... And it's humanizing them because in the novella turn of the screw, there's not a lot of attention given to them aside from the fact that aren't they the most charming children. And here, they're charming children, but they're also equally trying to protect the governess from the ghosts that they know are in the house. And if you're really familiar with the novella, which I'm not sure that anybody isn't at this point, it has such a tragic ending Uh, mm -hmm. that you're going, I hope to God it doesn't end the way the book does. I mean, it's a Mike Flanagan joint. It's going to end tragically. Right. I don't know if it'll end the same tragically, yeah. but he does not shy away from a tragic ending, for sure. Well, I remember when I was uh, younger and I was enjoying Smallville, the first couple of seasons going, how do these two people wind up mortal enemies? And you didn't want to see that episode. Yeah, I did like the guy that played Lex Luthor yeah. on Smallville. And, and also sure. the idea of the relationship with Clark and his dad going, oh, you know he's not going to make it. And his not making it is kind of a catalyst for everything. So it, it's that same feeling. I don't know how this is going to work out bad, but I feel really bad because now, unlike even the novella, you're really invested with these kids and this woman who's trying to put her life back together again. So, yeah, still recommending it. And I'm going to, I'm sure that by the next time we talk about it, I'll have finished it by then. Mm-hmm. Okay. And go on to the next strange thing that I'm watching. What about you? Well, I'm going to do a thing that I thought you were going to do. What? Because I think you like it more than I do. What? Cobra Kai. Oh, yes. Well, that's interesting. Yes. So Cobra Kai has left YouTube and is now on uh, Netflix. So mm-hmm. we watched the first season. And uh, I'm very curious to see how they continue on because I find everyone on this show deeply unlikable, except Miguel. And now I find him deeply unlikable. Oh, he had a turn in the last nice. episode. And I'm like, well, fuck. So, but I, I think it's a very interesting. Mm-hmm idea it's a very i think maybe one of my favorite ways to quote unquote reboot a thing uh like i never watched any i didn't watch any of the connors i didn't or you know the new Mm -hmm. roseanne show uh, because i'm not that was never giving her any money um and also i lived through that i don't really need to watch it on television uh but that's fine put poor people on tv it's totally fine but um, and big people, fat people on television, also also good. Mm, I'm ma- I'm happy that most of the people got work. Just the fact that it was Roseanne is a bummer. But uh, at Will and Grace, not interested. I did watch the Gilmore Girls updates. I enjoyed that, uh, even though I I don't know if they intended to solidify the fact that Rory was a failed human being, but that's what I that's what I learned. <laughs> So I was just like, well, she makes terrible choices in every aspect of her life. That's a wild way to go with your main character. Okay. Uh, But um, the way that they're using, you know, the 
outtake some things, the 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 unused material from the original yeah. uh, movie, things like that. I think is really interesting. The fact that they got everybody back, including Ralph Macchio's mom. You know, right? And we've ended this. Well, uh, there's a surprise at the end. Of the and season. then, yeah, which I was like, that dude's like they say somebody is dead, and I mm-hmm. looked at you and I was like, I think that actor's really dead, and you're like, no, and I'm like, I wonder if they're gonna get him. Right. And there he was. And then, spoiler alert for the end of season it, one, it's they an interesting get him. Uh, de- character development in that we're taking a person who's unlikable and have them learn their lessons yes. as an adult. And it's uh, uh, there's a kind of a, a very um, fine line they're walking, the yes. tightrope they're walking, yeah. between making him funny because he's completely a fish out of water yeah, and being really offensive and at the same time having him learn something. Yeah, and I was like, right. are they trying to make me think that like political correctness is for, like, am I supposed to side with the people who call people snowflakes? Like, mm-hmm. that's really what I thought they were going to try and do and I'm like, please don't no, try and, and do oddly, that. Because it does feel that way at times they're not. He's just, no. he's completely at odds with the world. He has not developed like anybody else. Mm-mm. And, um. It's, I, I like the way that they show how, you know, mm-hmm. LaRusso sees their relationship right. and then how he saw their relationship. Like, everybody is the hero of their own story. Yeah, Absolutely. And using elements from the original yeah. film, the same elements, the in same some cases, ones. You're like, oh, okay, when he says it that way, that makes perfect that, sense. Yes, yeah. And it does, It here's my problem with okay. it. And this is my problem with all media of any kind, stories of any kind. When the conflict is derived and stoked uh-huh. based on something that literally four sentences between characters could smooth over and fix, I get irritated. Like, if uh-huh. you can't just be honest with the person that's standing in front of you and say two sentences of yeah. your side, they say two sentences of their side, and that's just heard and put out there, if if that's all that it would take to end the conflict at uh-huh. hand, it pisses me off. Well, I like the fact that they actually address that, too. They, yes. In the end, with these two people talk to yes. each other. And you realize that problems go way beyond just mm-hmm. the ability to get to a place where they can communicate. Right. Because whether or not Johnny of Cobra Kai realizes it, he's made up this other person to be the cause of all these problems, but, and he's not. Well, that's the, he's yeah. not. But yes, he, Johnny's main issue mm-hmm. in the in the story is he blames other people for his problems right. and does not. As much as I'm not a bootstrap person, but he takes no responsibility for himself. Well, bootstrap wouldn't even apply to it because he basically has had the opportunity to, you know, to succeed based on somebody else's wealth, which would be a stepdad. Yes. Um, and he either can't get ahead or won't get ahead or he chooses to... He's he, self-sabotaging right. and blaming that on he other people. He chooses the wrong fights to have all the time. All the time. He's always and the wrong and cause. really mm-hmm. has self victimized. Right. So and he so sees himself as a victim as and it, is mad about it. It became interesting to watch in this day and age. Yeah. To see that character go, okay, now we're going to see this person start trying to grow. Yeah. And be really bad at it because you know there's not going to be a single. Wait, he's also a forty-five-year-old man, right. right? So, like, right, this all took place in what eighty-five. I think so. 
So they're, oh, no, they're like 50. They're like 10 years older than me. So I'm mm. 5 and 85, and they're about 15 and 85. So they're your age. And yeah, just coming to terms with, oh, I don't have to have this worldview and right. thought process that I've had my whole, or also for the last Also, the realistic idea that karate becomes years. harder the older you get. I did uh, appreciate so easy. the first time he kicked. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he has this look on his face like, my groin! And I was like, mm-hmm. Yeah, that was really funny. <laughs> the fact that he's probably pulled the groin muscle trying to... And why, why a crescent kick should be your move to start with, I don't know. But it's it also is... It, it's funny watching him going, I'm going to pull tournament karate in real life. And it's like, no, don't do that. That's not the same as actual mm, no, it's not. real life karate. But anyhow, um, no, yeah. it's, it's really So it's fun. interesting. It's fun. Um, it's the two first Some of it is funnier than I expected. There's a lot of really funny things about his uh, his malapropisms. Mm-hmm. When he's trying to when he's trying to spread uh, information about the start of his dojo by putting up flyers. Yeah, he just doesn't understand the right. world. He doesn't. He has not. Progressed past like 1987. Yeah, which so. is kind of that, that was fun because I actually identified with that. There was yeah. a talking to a friend, a mutual friend of ours who is a really talented artist and was trying to popularize their work, and uh, he decided to make bookmarks and postcards. And at first, he was, you know, we were lamenting, oh, you have to go to the printer, and then you have to. And then didn't realize, of course, you can just print this at this your home. Vistaprint, baby. <laughs> or you don't even, or just right. upload it, load it yes, onto Vistaprint. They will send them to you. And that was... Uh, also, you uh, know okay, what you should I be doing that. with your work? Right. A website. <laughs> yeah, I'm getting to that. So, not Hash your problem. work. I'm talking about whoever we're talking about. You know, yeah, but my work, too. Yes, your work, too. All right. Does that bring us to the end? That brings, that us, brings to us, us to the end. If you have questions, comments, concerns... Ask Amity. Uh-huh. At at gmail.com or on Twitter at latecomerspod or on Facebook by searching Latecomers Podcast in the search bar. Next week, The Dark Tower. With so Idris Elba and Matthew It will be a tower. I, I can't promise either of and those a things. Whole lot, it's, it'll be like a Steve McQueen or a Bruce Lee movie where it's just like there's just a whole lot of, or Chow Yun Fat. Just like excess cool. I off think, of people, right? yes. I think they get really into the gun foo. Uh-huh. Uh, to the detriment of literally everything else. Well, but I mean, that's, I remember talking to a friend of mine about Steve McQueen and just saying, yeah, there's just going to be a lot of cool. He, he just, like, shit rolls off of him, you know? And yeah. He's well, just cool. Either, so. And Matthew McConaughey. And Matthew McConaughey. It's like a Bruce Lee movie or something where that guy is so cool, you're just watching him being cool. And, and I was literally like, they when they cast those two people, I was like, well, you're starting it at eight. Right. And I'm like, you might lose points. <laughs> you might lose points. So we'll talk about it next right. week. In the meantime, I remind you to take your medicines. And we remind you, better, better late than, than never. never.